welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew and I'm the lead pastor and we're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out the short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits listed right there. Well, Happy New Year. The last time we met, it was 2020 and now we're right in the beginning of 2021. One of the things I, I do like about the start of the new year is it gives you a chance to recalibrate some things, you know. You get the opportunity to plot the course for the entire year. Maybe do a little refresher to make sure you're aligned with your goals and vision and where you want to go. And it's not any different here at Radiant Church. In fact, every January, we're going to take time just to do that, to recalibrate and make sure we're in alignment with who we are as a church. Now, why would we do that? Well, because you can drift a little bit and not even realize it. You ever notice how when you drive sometimes, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody and you're caught up in conversation or you're eating in between work and taking the kids somewhere, or hopefully this isn't you, right? But you got your phone out and you start to drift a little bit. You didn't even notice it, but all of a sudden your car starts drifting and you need to get back on track or you're bound to head in a direction you don't want to go in. Or you're not paying attention and maybe you drift and you miss your exit or where you're supposed to be headed. And so you end up stopping what you're doing in those moments, right? And you kind of gently guide your car back in the lane or you start paying more attention to your surroundings so you don't miss the exit and where you're headed at, right? Well, that's what we got to do here with our lives, but also with our church. We got to make sure that we're heading in the right direction each and every year. So since we launched in September, we've doubled the number of people who are watching and listening online and also who are actively a part of Radiance in-person church service. So we had 25 people, by the way, cycle through growth track in the fall, which is fantastic. That's our next steps process at Radiant Church. And that's fantastic because growth track is where you hear the vision and you get a feel for the DNA and you learn how God wired you. And we offer that every single month at Radiant, the first and second Sunday of the month. And we're working on trying to get that online so that those of you who watch long distance can take growth track as well. But still, when you have new people jumping on board, you want to make sure that we're all heading in the same direction, that we're all going in the right place here as a church. And that's what this new series called Four Cups is going to do for us. So we're going to be in a series of talks that will align us around four specific promises that come from God, which, comprom which comprise the DNA of who we are as a church. Now, these promises aren't new. In fact, they've been around for about 3,000 years, and they were given by God to the people of Israel during their time of slavery in Egypt. So critical are these promises, by the way, that they're central to the Passover celebration that happens every year at Easter. As Christians, you kind of read the story of the Last Supper on Easter time, right? And we read that Jesus takes the cup of wine and he says, this is my blood, right? And he passes it around. And we think, you know, we think it's one cup that he does that with. But there's actually four cups of wine at Passover. And each cup represents one of the four promises we're going to talk about here in this series of talks. And so Jesus took one of those cups. And we'll tell you which one it was in a few weeks when we get 
get to it. And he makes this statement about his blood being shed for sins. So these four promises are what we're going to call the core four promises of God. And they're not just for the people of Israel. They're four promises that God has for you too. I want you to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 4 real quick for me, okay? And because of his glory, Peter says, and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises, right? These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God's promises have a purpose to them. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, we see two important truths about those promises that are available to you. First of all, God's promises allow you to participate in His divine nature. You were not created to simply live and then die, okay? There's more for your life. There's more for you. There's a supernatural life God wants you to live and walk in. Here's the second truth, okay? God's promises, they help you escape the corruption of the world that's caused by evil as well. So before we jump into the promise, here today. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about just what promises are in general here. Let's just start with what a promise is. A promise is a guaranteed result. It's something that a person says they'll do for you. If you break the word down, it comes from two other words, pro and mitre, and it actually literally means to send out. So a promise implies the future, that you can't, you know, you can't promise something that happened in the past. You got to promise something that happens in the future. And so chances are, you know, you've been given a lot of promises that were broken in your life, right? But when God makes a promise, He always fulfills it. It may not happen right away how you would like it to or in your timing, but God always fulfills His promises. Listen to Joshua 21. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. So Israel at the time of that writing, they, they kind of thought God wouldn't hold up his promises, okay? But God always fulfills his promises, even in ways we don't quite expect. I want you to look at another passage. This one is from Hebrews chapter 6, okay? When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word, a rock solid guarantee. God can't break His Word, and because His Word can't change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. Listen, God's promises can't change because God keeps His Word, and that gives us all the more reason to grab hold of these promises and never let go. Let me quickly give you some takeaways from these verses we just read, okay? We've got to get a good understanding of God's promises before we can actually talk about the four core promises He has for all of us here. So first... You need to know His promises, right? You need to know His promises. You, you can't claim these promises. You can't live them out in your life if you don't know them first. So you got to know God's promises. 2 Chronicles 17, 19, For the sake of your servant, O Lord, and according to your will, you've done all these great things, and you've made all these great promises known. Now the person who's speaking that, that those are the words right there is David, the same guy who kills Goliath, okay? And so David's making it pretty clear. He sees God's promises. He knows knows God's promises. Can I tell you that the Bible is a book full of God's promises? That's why it's so important to be in God's Word if you want to grow and experience all that God has for your life. Don't just read God's Word to conquer it. Read it to grow. Read it to fill your soul up, man. Make it a point to discover at least one promise available to you every time you read God's Word and embrace that promise. And then place them, place them all over your house. When you get up in the morning, your kids are driving you crazy. When you feel like the, the your hope is slipping away from you, when you you look up, you're reminded of a promise from God directly for you all around your home. Just know these promises, okay? Next, 
You need to understand God's promises. Understand those promises. Some people get frustrated because they think God's a kind of like a great con artist. <laughs> you know, like he's a he's false advertisement about prayer, promises, that kind of thing. But the issue isn't God. The issue is you don't understand how God's promises work. Numbers 23, 19 says God is not a man, so he doesn't lie, right? He's not human, so he doesn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So God's promises will always be held up on his end. The key to understanding his promises, though, is understanding that they're conditional based upon you doing your part. You have to have a relationship with God, man. you got to have faith that God will keep his promises. Some of you, you've got relationships with God, but you don't got enough faith, man. You don't fully trust God, in other words, okay? God isn't always going to do things in ways you expect or understand. you got to be okay with that. He does things in his way, in his time, and to be honest, God's normally pretty pretty slow about it, you know? Why? Because typically while you're waiting on the delivery of the promise, God is teaching you in, in the process. 2 Corinthians 1.20 tells us that all of God's promises are yes in Christ and they're fulfilled in Him. So understand, you need to have both a relationship with God and then also trust, okay, or faith that these promises will be realized. Here's the final takeaway, third takeaway here. You need to pursue God's promises. These promises don't automatically come to you. you got to go chase them. you got to go after them. This series of talks that we're going to be in throughout the month is very spiritual growth based. They make up the DNA of who we are, a radiant, but more importantly, they're promises that will build you up and grow you, okay? I said earlier that the word promise has, has to do with the future. So when it was first used around the 15th century, it was used in the context of making a guarantee about your future. So can I make a guarantee about your future here today? Can I do that? If you know and understand and pursue these promises, there's a better life out there for you that God wants you to have than what you're currently living. 100% guaranteed. So these four promises, they're given by God to the people of Israel during their time of slavery. They're the four pillars that Radiant is really built upon, and they're found in Exodus 6, verses 6 and 7. So let's check this out here together. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, I'll bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. What's God saying here. He's saying, I'm not worried about changing Israel yet. I'm not concerned with anything but getting them out of Egypt. Let's do that first. He's talking to Moses here, by the way. He says, I'll free you from being slaves to them. Now, now that God's got them out of Egypt, He's going to make sure that he gets the Egypt out of Israel. They're not entirely free yet. All they had known was 400 years of Egyptian culture and language and deities and food and slavery. God's got to change their lives. He goes, then I'm going to redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. So what God is saying here is, I'm going to put you back to the original intent that I designed for you. The original things I designed for you to do. We're going to explore that more in a couple of weeks. He goes, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. So now after getting saved, being set free, being restored, they can become God's people. So these four promises are sometimes called the four I will statements of God. They were given to Israel while they were still slaves. They're commemorated forever as four cups of wine at Passover and they're promises that are still available today for you. So God, he has got a lot to offer and he's got a lot that he puts out there on the table in front of you. And chances are you haven't realized fully anyway, all that God offers for your life yet. And you know? And so what we're going to do is we're going to challenge you to embrace those promises here in the coming weeks. But let me quickly give you an overview of where we're going to be going and, and talk about these promises kind of in general real quick, okay? So the first promise, I'm going to bring you out. I'll bring you out, he says. That's linked to the cup of uh, sanctification or salvation. 
God promises you salvation. So many folks think because they went to church or grew up in church or they watch church online, they're good, you know? Hey, I'm saved to go to Radiant Church. Or they think, well, I'm, I'm on the membership roll. Or I was baptized in the Catholic Church. I'm a member of United Methodist Church. Whatever it might be. And so, you know, there's a simple belief, too, that says, hey, I, I believe in God, so I'm good, right? God must exist. I'm out there. Hey, He, he exists. Okay, great. Too many people equate salvation, though, with a church relationship and not a God relationship. You, you got to have the God relationship here down first. Look at Titus uh, chapter 3. So it's a letter written to a pastor named Titus. It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stubborn and stupid and dupes of sin, ordered every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, you know, hating and hating back. Does that describe anybody here today, maybe? Do you let your natural drives kick in? That's what the glands here refers to. You know, are you somebody who's constantly berating other people? Because that's, that's what Titus is talking about here, right? tearing folks down. He continues, but when God, our kind and loving Savior, stepped in, He saved us from all of those things, and it was all His doing. He had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good path, in other words, right? And we came out new people. He washed us inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out this new life so generously that God's gift has restored our relationship with Him and given us back our lives, and there's more to come in this eternal life. You can count on this. Some of you today, man, you just need a real relationship with God. You're not in one. It's about church. It's about a belief. But it's not a, a, a walk with the Lord that you have yet. And I, I can't say it any more candidly than this. But if that's you, you're not saved. Salvation is about having a relationship not with you in the church or you in the idea of God or you in religion, but you and God. Here's a second promise, okay? I'll free you, God says. I'm going to free you. The vast majority of Christians are stuck right here. They haven't gotten past this promise yet in their lives. This promise is linked to the cup of deliverance. Why? Because God promises you deliverance. You might know God, and many folks do, but you're not living a free life yet. You need deliverance, not from like demonic possession like the exorcist, but from your old life, okay? That's what deliverance is. It's for people still trapped in their old life. They haven't broken free yet. You're a Christian, right? But that sinful nature keeps interrupting the process of becoming like Christ. You can't break free of some bad habits. You haven't gotten over the same struggles. And I love how uh, Paul gets super honest in Romans 7 and 8. Here's one of the most remarkable, intelligent men to walk on the planet who's planted countless churches in the Roman Empire. He's trained up pastors and leaders. He's done it all, right? And he reveals just how he struggles with his own sin. And he is like, how do I break free from that? Romans 7, verse 25. Thank God, he says, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is, right? My mind, I want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation, that's important, for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. When you're in Christ, there's no longer any what? Condemnation. That means God isn't shaking his head at you every time in frustration when sin cuts in. It means he reminds you he's got a plan for you. He's got a promise for you. You messed up? Okay, fine. Get back up and get going. Jesus has come to set you free. Not so you can spend the rest of your life, by the way, living by this motto that says, well, God ain't through with me yet, you know, and got kind of working on your own thing here. No, there's more for you than that kind of experience. God has a promise of true freedom for you in your life. Here's the third promise. I will redeem you. That's like the cup of redemption. To redeem something means to put it back to its original intent. And so once you've experienced salvation, 
once you've been set free, God promises rest, restoration. Ephesians 1, 11, verses 12. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. He had designs on us for a glorious living. Part of the overall purpose He's working out in everything and everyone. See, God has designs for you to have an incredible life in Him because it's part of His overall purpose for you. But some of you, hey, you still don't know what that purpose is, right? And that's okay. Just don't stay there. Let us help you discover it. So you're a piece of the puzzle that God's putting together. He's designed to make a difference here on this planet. And it's more important than ever, especially in our world today, that you know what that purpose is and how it plays out because it plays right into that fourth promise that God has for us. And that final promise is this, I will take you as my own people. That's linked to the cup of praise, and it's designed to put you on a team to make a difference. At this stage of your life, God takes you and makes you a people. He puts you in a family, a team, a city, a place, a church, a community to make a difference. God promises you what? Fulfillment. Fulfillment. God never fulfills His best in a person by themselves. He always puts you in a group. You don't see it in Scripture where God says, I'm going to do something great through you and you alone. Nope. It's always the body of Christ, right? The priesthood of believers, the church. He wants to place you in a community with others. You'll never know how great life can be until you're part of a team of people making a difference. I'm convinced there's no greater joy in life than to lay your head down at night and to realize I'm making a difference in someone's life. It's that ultimate fulfillment that God is never satisfied with you until John 10.10 is fully played out. Where he says, I've come so you may have life and what? Have it to the fullest. I'm really looking forward to the next several weeks as we walk through these promises with you, helping you realize that they're available for your life now to build you up and to grow you. But also, they're the pillars that form the DNA of our culture and who we are at Radiant. If you want to know what kind of church we are, you want to know what kind of church we aspire to be, where we're heading here over the next several years, this is an important series of talks because it's wrapped up in these four promises. But today, as you're watching and listening, maybe you realize that, hey, I'm, I'm not living in these promises right now. Maybe you're not living in any of the promises because in all honesty, you just don't know God right now, right? You don't know God yet. And that promise of salvation, you just don't have it. So what I want to do for you first is just kind of walk you through a prayer to make Jesus Savior and Lord of your life. He's your Savior because He can forgive you of every sin. He's your Lord because you're committing your life to follow Him, right? To obey Him. And that's how you get into God's kingdom. And then for those of you who are watching and listening right now, and you might be Christians already, maybe you're in survival mode right now. Right? You know, like you're, you're not thriving. You're not living in these promises out. Uh, maybe you're not completely free yet. You're not pursuing all that God has for you. I want to pray for you that God instills change in your heart, that you will pursue His promises again and step into the life that God has designed for you right from the onset. All right? So, Father, I thank you for those who uh, are watching and listening here today. They don't know you as Lord and Savior just yet, but it's going to change here in a moment. They're saying, God, I, I realize I'm not living these promises out because really I just don't know you. And that promise of salvation, I'm the guy who walks around with a chip on his shoulder. I'm hating and hating back. I, I'm, I'm the person who is struggling with giving into every natural drive and instinct that I have that, that just, just to kind of do the wrong thing. I, I got to change. 
And so, Lord, right now, they're opening their hearts to you. And if that's you, man, you just simply say a prayer that goes like, in your own words, it kind of goes like this. We're going to start off making Christ the Savior of our lives. So we say, hey, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me for my wrongs. Forgive me for violating your standards, God. Would you cleanse me in my sin? Would you make me whole? Would you give me a brand new life, a brand new start? I can't save myself. I need you to save me through the blood that you shed on the cross. God, for the sacrifice that you, you gave for me. Lord, I'm asking you to save me from my sins. And now that we've made him Savior and your sins are forgiven, now we're going to commit ourselves to following Christ and we're going to make him Lord. And so now we pray a prayer like this. Jesus, now I, I commit myself to following you. I want to obediently follow and serve you for the rest of my life. I need you to be Lord of my life. I don't want to call the shots anymore. I want you to call the shots. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I want you to, to, to take every step and direct it. It can't be about me. It's got to be about you. I give everything I have over to you here today, and I'm committing myself to following you from this day forward. And for those of you who are already Christians, hey, we're praying that God wants to change in your heart. Perhaps you're thriving right now. Perhaps you're, 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 you're not living out all the promises fully. So, Father, I, I pray for those Christians right now who say, man, I, just, I, I need to live these promises out. I need to realize all that God has for me. I need to embrace this life of fulfillment. I'm not there yet. Lord, I pray you instill change. I pray, Lord, that they embrace who you are and all that you have for them. It's not just knowing who you are. It's not just saying a prayer and walking away and that's it. Well, there's, there's a divine purpose you have for us. There's, there's, there's gifts and talents you've given us to make a difference in this world, Lord. There is fulfillment that's out there that we may not you know, be living in yet. Lord, there's, there's true freedom that you bring to us. You don't have to be stuck in the same habits and addictions and, and lifestyle over and over and over again, struggling to break free. There's true freedom you've given us and promised us. And I pray that those who are already believers out there who might not be living in these promises yet, that God, you will enable them to, to, to break free, to find that freedom, to live that free life, Lord. Uh, Lord, to, to, to discover that purpose and how you wired them, Lord, so they can go out and make a difference, an eternal difference, Father, that, that impacts people for all eternity, Father, in, in, in their community, in their family, in their schools, wherever, wherever they happen to be. And Lord, I pray in, in the series of talks we're going to be in here in the next several weeks that God you will challenge and, and, and grow each and every person who's, who's watching and listening and, 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 and going on this journey here with us as we move forward. We thank you for the hearts and lives you've already touched here today, for the people who've said yes to you and, and, and they're now part of your kingdom, God, for the Christians who you're, you're lighting a fire in right now. You're going to instill change and, and God help them to realize the full life you have for them. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to be doing uh, here today in their lives. We give you praise and honor and glory for it. We pray. Amen. All right. Hey, man, listen, if you sit up first. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.